Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. Not with me today, Akiva Wieneker. Akiva no-showed again, uh, but to be honest, we don't really need him today. We're going to be talking about the Minnesota Vikings, so it would be hard to get uh, a word in edgewise for him with me just being the only one here. Uh, But we have a very special guest to talk about the Vikings. Uh, Before I formally introduce him, I just need to go on a rant for one second here, which is uh, people's inability on the internet to understand the concept of sarcasm. Obviously, I'm not treading any new ground here, but the reason I bring it up is because all of a sudden, I see in my Twitter mention some people uh, making fun of a tweet that I had from 2012 um, in which I said, uh, hold on, let me be accurate for the, for the uh, sake of posterity here. My 2012 tweet, which uh, apparently people noticed for some reason today, was Joe Maurer never comes through in the clutch, hashtag stupid twins fans. So if you know anything about me, you know that I was being sarcastic about sort of the segment of Twins fans who have always hated Joe Maurer because he doesn't hit dingers, uh, and they don't appreciate him for how good he is, including his his clutch stats, which are incredible. Uh, but the specific reason why that tweet would be obviously sarcastic is because I tweeted it on August 4th, 2012 at 11.08 p.m., and if you check the box score from that day, you will notice that Joe Maurer hit a three-run homer in the ninth inning to beat the Red Sox. So anyhow, so that's the tweet that I tweeted at the time. Um, for the five people that were following me on Twitter at the time, I was being sarcastic, obviously. Uh, so some Twitter fans who are actual, some Joe Maurer fans on Twitter found that tweet today and were mocking me and were pointing out all like the clutch stats of how good Joe Maurer was, especially in 2012. And so I had to like defend myself and say like, yeah, guys, I was being sarcastic. Like, look when I tweeted, I tweeted after he hit a game winning home run. Um, so anyways, uh, Ryan, you're a, you're a Twins fan, right? Yeah. Where do you fall on the Joe Maurer thing? Are you one of the Twins fans who, who think that, you know, he's overpaid and he's, you know, the bane of our existence, or are you sort of on the other side of that? Uh, I've, I've always liked Maurer. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So we won't have any disagreements there. All right. So let's turn to the topic at hand today. Let me formally introduce our guest. Uh, I'll give you the background. So if you go on YouTube, there's a, there's a lot of great, like, NFL recap videos. The NFL makes them themselves for the league. And for the Vikings in particular, there's this amazing Twitter uh, YouTube feed, which it makes these videos like um, every you know touchdown ever scored as is a Viking by by Adrian Peterson or Percy Harvin or Harvin or whatever, or it'll be like you know the greatest Adrian Peterson run against any team. I think I mentioned that on the Saints podcast a couple days ago. And then my favorite thing he does is he makes these like ten minute recap videos of not just like sort of every classic Vikings game going back, but then also sort of a lot of random regular season games that the guy making these, obviously there's a reason that he remembers that game. And then for a lot of them, I'll watch it and I'll remember where I was when I saw that game and, you know, oh, I, you know why that game was important to me. 
Um, so this guy on YouTube, his name is Funky Dunkelman. And so I thought, well, listen, you know, last year our Vikings uh, guest was actually very popular from, with the listeners. But let me reach out to this Funky Dunkelman and see, uh, you know, seems to be a Vikings fan, seems to be pretty knowledgeable. Let me see if he wants to come on the podcast. So I sent an email to, to Funky Dunkelman and a real person by the name of Ryan Scorch responded. Uh, so Ryan is uh, the man behind the uh, nom de guerre, uh, Funky Dunkelman. And uh, Ryan agreed to come on and talk about, I think, talk about a little bit about his YouTube videos, but also talk about the 2018 Vikings. So Ryan, formally, after that uh, needless, irrelevant Twins rant, welcome to 32 Fans. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing fine. Glad to be here. Okay, great. So yeah, so let me talk. Let's start with, uh, so you're from Minnesota. You're a Vikings fan. How did you start making these videos? Well, first of all, I like to just collect the full game videos. I've been doing it, geez, probably for like the last six, seven, eight years. And I would just like fill up a hard drive and then buy another hard drive and then keep on going. And so then at one point, um, I, I would try to find, you know, and trying to find new games and stuff. And for some reason, I just decided, hey, um, once YouTube, they removed like the 10 minute limit for videos uh, back in the day. And I thought, well, what the hell? Why don't I just put some of these videos on YouTube? If 500 people see it, cool. If 5,000, I don't care you know, just to, just to spread it out. And so I did it and they started to get some traction and I would always go and kind of look at the, look at the comments, whatever. And, um, I always like my favorite ones were people that would say, Hey, I was at that game. I remember this, um, you know, great to see this again. And so everything was going fine. And then a couple years into it, the NFL, the shield just went through and struck down almost <laughs> everyone. I think I had a little over a hundred games, full games, two hour games, you know, posted and the NFL just struck them all down with their copyrights. So then I just thought, well, you know, that was fun. So that's that. And then the light bulb went off in my head and I thought, well, I've got all these games sitting here that people can't see anymore. And so I got some free editing, video editing software and started doing it. And yeah, so I've been doing it for the last couple of years and it's somewhat taken off. I you know, I get a few thousand views on most of my videos and I'm just, you know, I'm not doing it to make money, obviously I'm just doing it for the fans, just doing it to, like I said, for people that remember the games or maybe new Vikings fans that have never seen some of these players play, or maybe they just heard of them. It's just, just in, just to make like these little bite-sized videos that, yeah, I just, just doing it just to share it with the fans. Yeah, I mean, 10 minutes is really the perfect amount of time because, you know, like the NFL has their 30-minute recap videos, which Akiva likes to talk about how he'll power through those for like every game. But 10 minutes is enough. You cover sort of every uh, relevant yeah. play. Um, and, you know, but it's not, but it's not, you know, you can watch, and I have watched like six or seven of them in a row, and it's not going to like kill like an entire day. You know, it can just sort of be a, a you know a couple hours in the evening. Let me ask you this. You know, at this point, you're like, you know, you are to me and to, into like Vikings fans as like Logan Paul or Jake Paul <laughs> is to like millennials on YouTube. But like, how long did it take between when you started posting these and when it started getting like, you know, like a decent feedback from people? It was kind of, kind of pretty quickly. Uh, I would always, I'd always go and post them on Reddit on like the Vikings subreddit uh, where I was somewhat active. And it was just kind of a thing of like, you know, I know it wasn't going to get me like a huge amount of press, but it's like, hey, here's, here's this video I made. If some of the old farts, whatever, remember this game from the 90s or if I posted something like, you know, the Adrian Peterson, you know, peak era games, whatever. And when I first started doing it, I would pick like whoever the Vikings were playing that week. I believe my first video I did was a game against the Jaguars where we were playing them, I think, in 2016 or something. And I posted 
um, like a game from 2012 where Adrian Peterson, his first game back from his ACL injury, and it started to pick up. It got like a few hundred in the first couple of days. And then I would just, I would always kind of look at the stats, whatever, and it would just keep on going up and going up. And I was like, oh, well, that's, it's more than the 50 people I thought were going to click on it. So I made another one for the next week and another one, and then just kind of went, kept going on. And then the, to get through the, the drudgery of the off season, I just kept on hacking away at it and doing more and doing more whenever, you know, I wasn't killing myself with it, but just whenever I found free time or if I came across a game and I was like, wow, this one, I forgot how good the ending was on this, or I forgot that so-and-so this unknown Viking had a couple touchdowns or something. And so I just kept on doing it and that's, I'll keep on doing it until I get sick of doing it. I guess I've enjoyed it so far. (laughs) Okay. All right. uh, Ryan, let me ask you a question. Don't want to get too personal here, but just so I get an idea of sort of your generation of of Vikings fandom, how old are you approximately? 29. Okay. All right. So you're just, okay. So I'm 35. So, I mean, the first season that I remember like every single watching every single game was, was 91 and then 92, the Dennis Green year when they went 11 and five. So you came in probably a couple years after that, right? Yeah. My, my first memory was week two of the 1998 season. Oh, okay. So uh, right in time for, yes, right. so right in time for your heart to be broken basically, yep. for the first time. What, what's the video you've had that has sort of had like the most feedback, whether positive or negative? Definitely. As far as the 10 minute highlights go, the, the 2009, the game against Green Bay, Brett Favre's uh, return, that one to Lambo. Yeah, I definitely yeah. get. I can't even keep up with the comments on that one anymore. Like you, usually I have like a thing where I'll yeah. read it and just see who's. But that one, it's just it's not even. It's just an animal house in there now. Um, and and so on that video, is that mostly Packers fans were angry, or, or who were all these commenters? Yeah, angry Packers fans. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, Vikings fans just kind of rubbing it in uh, to the Packers fans. You you didn't post the game uh, last year where Anthony Barr injured Aaron Rodgers. No, yeah, because that one I think would have uh, engendered a lot of anger. I mean, Packers fans seem to think that like that was worse than like nine eleven. Like the way they react as if Anthony Barr like intentionally tried to harm him or play dirty. I mean, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I thought it was a pretty clean football play and just a freak injury. Yeah, in shoulder, it's, but, yeah, I tried yeah. Uh, I try to steer clear of the current NFL stuff. I I just want to dig up old memories that I want. All right, well, on that note, let's jump to the current. So let's talk about the 2018 Vikings for a second. Um, so I'll start with, uh, you know, Keeve, my co-host, has a whole series of segments that he likes to do on these. So I'm sort of in charge today. So for, uh, so just so you know, so we have the Vikings, both Akiva and I, in our preseason power rankings, them ranked third okay. behind. Uh, we have both the Eagles and the Patriots in different orders, but uh, one and two. Uh, where do you have the Vikings in your preseason power rankings? seems like every year the Vikings are ranked anywhere in the top half. It's just, it results in disappointment. Yeah. Just, I don't know, based on the fact that almost everybody's coming back with a healthy Galvin, I, I don't see how anybody could, at least in the NFC, put them any lower than, than three. But yeah, I guess if I, if I was to make an official one, I would probably put them, yeah, I don't know who I, I, I guess you have to put the two Super Bowl teams in there, especially since they're going to be just as powerful as last year. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how much further you could put them down. I certainly wouldn't put team like Jacksonville or LA or Atlanta over them. So yeah, probably, yeah, three, I think is pretty fair. Yeah. I mean, the, the strange thing about this team is usually when a team has, you know, like the fantastic season that, that in, in our case, obviously ends the wrong way. You try and run it back the next year. So like 2009, obviously the Vikings tried to run it back the next year and far, you know, obviously hit his wall at age yeah. 40. 
98 to 99. Although, you know, 99, obviously, they went to the NFC title or to the divisional round where they, you know, got destroyed by the Rams team that was incredible that year. I think even in other sports, like the Timberwolves in 2004, tried to run it back in 2005 and it didn't work out. But this is an unusual circumstance because the Vikings really, I mean, their defense is the same, their coaches are the same, but they really have a new team in a lot of ways because they, they changed their quarterback and then their running back, you know, is new. And so their offense is, is really different and in theory is an upgrade. Obviously, expecting anybody to be better, you know, expecting anybody to be better than Case Keenum was last year is going to be difficult. But I think the assumption with Cousins is that his baseline is, you know, Keenum was much more likely to bounce back to earth than uh, than Cousins is. So what is your feeling about, about the uh, change of quarterback? I, I do like Kirk Cousins. Um, I'm not going to expect him to come right out the gates and be a, be a world beater. I think he, I think he will get better as kind of the season goes on. Not that I'm comparing him to what Favre did in 09, but if you go back and watch Favre's like first, even like six, seven games, you could tell a lot of his, he was out of sync a lot of times with some of his throws and routes. Like he just didn't have the timing down. He didn't know his receivers well enough. He didn't have that before. And I think there might be a little bit of that with Cousins, which is, I, I think kind of sucks that the first couple games of the season that we have uh, the 49ers and the Packers, that we could lose a couple ones that we should that we should win just because maybe like not everything's kind of gelled together yet. Um, hopefully I'm wrong, but I do think he will be an upgrade. There will be an upgrade overall with the quarterback play. I think a lot of a lot of what Keenum did last year, he was bailed out by some great receiver play by Diggs and especially Thielen. And I think Kirk is just a little bit better all around thrower. Yeah, that's that's why he's making the money that he's making. Yeah. I mean, it was such an interesting offseason decision because he had three quarterbacks who were all free agents. And then, of course, he had Cousins. And then for a second there, Drew yeah. Brees, it seemed like it might have been available. Um, you know, obviously, uh, that would have been the, the most ideal outcome, although obviously that didn't happen. Um, so let's talk about, okay, so the first of Keith's questions always is, is your your confidence ranking in your in your coach. So if you had to rank your confidence in Mike Zimmer from 1 to 10, Ten being, you know, Bill Belichick, and one being, um, you know, Raheem Morris or whatever. Uh, yeah. Where would you put uh, Mike Zimmer? I've always loved Mike Zimmer. I don't know how I could go any lower than nine. Uh, even even back when, I remember back when he was still with Cincinnati and his name being floated around year after year as far as being a head coaching guy. When we were going through, you know, the, the slums of Brad Childress and Leslie Frazier, uh, who just they weren't leaders, you know. Maybe maybe they would have been good as position coaches, but you could tell they just couldn't lead a football team. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, man, that guy would be great. And then Frazier come in, came in, and you know, just thinking like, oh, well, he'll be gone. And then it's like the, kind of the stars just aligned, and we got him. And that was I was so thrilled when we got him. And uh, yeah, I, I my confidence in him, I, I still, yeah, this is what his fifth season. And I, I trust him that he knows what he's doing, that he knows, you know, that he's not he's not one of those like egotistical coaches that's gonna that's gonna you know just do what he feels like and screw who the players are, what kind of talent we have. That he knows he knows how to build the defense, and, and he knows how to put you know offensive an offensive staff around that knows what they're doing. So yeah, I fully confident in him. I rarely has there been a time where like I doubted something that he did as far as like, a coaching decision. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, and and frankly, this is a coach, you look since he joined the Vikings, they have improved every single year, uh, with the one dip in 2016 when they started 5-0, and and then everybody died, basically. Yeah, uh, they're they're the team line, yeah. yeah, so, you know, I, I've, 
I've thought he's like a top five coach since he's, since he's coming to the league. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, very confident in him as well. And then, uh, and what about the front office? What's your take on, on Spielman and the rest of the front office from one to 10? There's been a couple, a couple bruises and a couple black guys over the, over the last few seasons. Ponder is the first one that comes to mind, but I think Spielman, Spielman's done a, a pretty, you know, I, I think he's certainly like in the top third as far as like drafting ability. Um, you know, not not everybody hits a home run every time, but he, he's picked you know some, some real good defensive players. It, it seems like we're not the, the Vikings aren't as aren't as they don't rely so much on like the big free agent pickups like in years past as they did, where we just kind of you know money that we spend is on these guys' second contracts. We've seen the last few years, you know, re-upping all these guys. And, yeah, I don't... Spielman uh, and then uh, Brzezinski working on, you know, the, the contract kind of magic that he does, finding this money where you don't think it is. Again, yeah, full confidence. Maybe not as much as I have in, uh, in Zimmer, but, yeah, I, I would... I would I would certainly take him over most of the other, you know, GMs in the front offices in the league. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with all that. Now, obviously, the the biggest test for him thus far has been, uh, you know, what to do with quarterback this offseason because you know they by by deciding to go all in with Cousins and give him that record contract and guaranteeing that whole thing. Realistically, it does mean they've shortened their window because they're going to have to give up some other pieces, whether it's Barr or somebody else, a year or two down the line, maybe even sooner, just because they're not going to be able to afford everybody. And so, you know, in this we've thought, obviously, looking at this team the last three years, that, that they were a quarterback away from from you know possibly winning a Super Bowl. And hopefully, you know, I, I made a chart um, ranking every quarterback from 2015 to 2017. So over the last three years, to get a slightly bigger uh, sample size in just 16 games. And over the last five years, you know, or the last three years, excuse me, Cousins has been a top five quarterback statistically. He's, he definitely took a dip last year compared to the previous two years. And the question there is, is it because, you know, he lost his Wonderkind um, offense coordinator who went to the Rams, or is it because of all the injuries that Washington had last year? So he wasn't as good last year as the previous two years for sure. But it just, you know, it, it, when you compare him to the Vikings in-house options, were you betting on Case Keenum out of nowhere, a career backup at age 30, repeating a career year? I mean, that just doesn't seem likely. Bradford is good for one game at a time, but, you know, can, I mean, the last time we saw him, he had like, the, the greatest game of his career walked off the field with no injury and then never played again. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Teddy, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we all love Teddy, but you know, the, the fact that he has a, has a functioning leg and came back at all is seems miraculous. But the fact that he got nothing more than 500,000 from the jets to be a third stringer probably indicates that he's, he, you know, he's unfortunately not going to be able to uh, continue his career, which, which is unfortunate, but um, you know, so I, I just think that, it's a risk obviously of what they've done and, but they, they, they've, you know, they've gone all in and, you know, let's hope that cousins is, uh, I don't, did you see the, um, the, the Jalen Ramsey, the interview with GQ, the Jaguars uh, defensive back when he was trashing every quarterback by name? Yeah. I think wasn't it the one. And then he didn't have too much to say about cousins. No, well he actually complimented cousins. Yeah. That's, yeah that, he, that, that was one of them that he didn't trash. Yeah. I, I caught a little wind. Yeah. He, uh, hold on. Let me pop that article open. He said, yeah. What about Kirk cousins? He says, I think he's good. I think he's a winner. He's a hell of a competitor. Coming off the play action, he's the best quarterback in the league. Play action passing, he's a hell of a quarterback. Well, listen, the Vikings running back, Delvin Cook, was leading the league in rushing when he got injured in week four. So, uh, in theory, they should be able to have a, a serious threat in play action. And so, let's hope that Jalen Ramsey knows what he's talking about. Yeah. 
when we uh, when when Akiva and I did our quarterback rankings a couple of weeks ago, I had Cousins ninth. Where would you put Cousins if you were sort of? And I'm not asking you to come up with a full list right now, but from one to thirty-two, where do you think about he would be probably? When I would rank something, you know, with the NFL like one to thirty-two, like I kind of split it into like eight different, you know, or, I mean, uh, four different sections of eight. Like I, I would think he's right on that. Like so, you have like your, your first tier of eight. I would think he's right on like the bottom of the first tier, top of the second tier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We seem to be simpatico about a lot of things here. Yeah. Gotta find some places to disagree. <laughs> um, all right. So, so let's start to the offense as a whole. You know, as we said, Delvin Cook coming back in the backfield, uh, you know, backed up by Latavius Murray, of course, uh, Cousins. And then he has, you know, two Pro Bowl receivers and Diggs and Thielen. Actually, let's let, – our last podcast just a couple days ago or two podcasts ago was with the Saints fans. So let's – let me talk to another Vikings fan. Tell me your experience for the Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, where were you? How did you react? Et cetera. Um, I was home uh, watching it. Sadly, by myself. But no, um, I'm I'm one of those people that, especially when if it's a really important game, I don't like as far as like my circle of friends. I'm the one who cares about the Vikings the most, and I need you know if I'm gonna watch football with people, they need to be focused on football, not about you know what they're gonna do, what the next week is, or how how bad work was, whatever. So. My general tradition has been for playoff games. I just kind of watch them on my own, uh, mostly because, because you know, usually they end badly, so people don't want to be around me when they end badly. <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. watching it. I was at home watching it by myself, and I remember the the completion to um, I can't remember who the receiver was, the Saints receiver. It was on the fourth and ten, and it like it set up. Yeah, on the left side. Yeah, right before the field. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name. But yeah, it, that was the one where it, like, it set up where they're like, yeah, they're in dual position. And I just remember thinking we have the 17-0 lead and just thinking like, well, this is it. They're going to kick the field goal and that's going to be it. And here yeah. we go, the scenes. It was over then. It was 100% over. Uh, you know, the fact that Forbath hit the 53-yard field goal on the previous possession was a miracle because, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sure you would agree. Uh Confidence in Kai Forbath was never high yeah. uh, in his time on the Vikings, which is still going on officially, but we'll talk about that in a yeah, second. Yeah, I, I, still, I still think he deserves a lot of credit. I don't think he got enough credit. Everybody. Oh, I agree. Oh, for sure. That was one of the... He, he did, in that game, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, one of the most clutch kicks I've ever seen made, you know, because we don't make yeah. them. So, but yeah, that, that yeah. one, yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Longwell never got the chance in 2009, of course. Uh, but, yeah. you know, we saw what Gary Anderson yeah. did. We saw what Blair Walsh did. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they kicked the field goal. And, yeah, and then I'm just thinking, like, the fallout from this and, you know, like, the overreactions and people that are going to say that, like, you know, Zimmer is a bad coach or that, you know, the Vikings defense was overrated all year or something. And then, yeah, and then, I, I mean, I'm sure as, as any Vikings fan has, I've watched the replay of that play. I don't even know. It's up into the probably four digits now. And yeah, <laughs> and I remember just my, my first thought, and like I said, this is as a Vikings fan, you're pessimistic. My first thought was when Diggs caught that ball, it's how he stepped out of bounds. And I'm thinking like, oh man, and then, you know, watch, they're going to get the replay and they're going to show it and he's going to be at the 27, whatever. And here we go. Another clutch kick for the Vikings to win. And it's like, yep, here we go again. Yeah. And then I remember seeing that first replay from like the end zone angle. And I'm like, oh my God, he didn't step out of bounds. This is something wrong has happened with how the earth works. We went on a different, we're in a different universe now or something because something good actually happened. So, 
Yeah. And didn't it make you think like, oh, like, you know, obviously, you know, like it's all bullshit to believe in stuff like destiny and stuff. But didn't it really make you think like, oh, you know, this is different than every other Viking season. You know, we're meant to be. And then, of course, the next week's squad. Um, no, not, I, I was actually the other way. I thought that Uh-oh. I thought that like because I was so I was so mentally just already prepared for the loss and that there wasn't even going to be an NFC championship game. And it went the other way for me where I was like, well, we're going to get to play in this gift of a game. It's still going to be in Philly. So we're still going to be the underdog. And I remember thinking, like, if we lose... No, we, we weren't, though. The Vegas line, the Vikings were favorite. Oh, were they? Well, either way. I know, because it's the Vikings, it's on yeah. the road, it's in prime time, it's on grass. It's all yeah. stuff that we're... I mean, it ends up, to me, I thought it was actually worse than the 41 nothing to the Giants in 2000, because that game started out, you know, the Giants go down the field, they score a touchdown, the Vikings fumble the kick return, the Giants score another touchdown, the Vikings go down the field, uh, throw to Chris Carter in the, in the end zone, for a touchdown to make it 14-7, but it's intercepted by um, Brian, um, wasn't in that white cornerback on the Giants back, uh, Seahorn, Jason Seahorn. Yeah. And so immediately it was a blowout. This game, we were like, it was like a tease because the Vikings took the 7-0 lead pretty easily. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I thought of the four NFC Championship game losses that I've been around for, I thought that was by far the least heartbreaking. The, the 41 donut. That one, that one hurt. Wow, I'm shocked to hear this. That one hurt for me. With with the chance of the home Super Bowl? That one hurt for me because that was Robert Smith's last game. And he was like, I love Moss, I love Carter, but I really like Robert Smith. That was like, that was my first like Viking jersey that somebody bought for me. Okay. Um, I'm guessing probably because all the Randy Mosses were sold out. So I, I was the kid with Robert <laughs> Smith. I was the 26 in a sea of 84s at school. So knowing that that was his last game, that, yeah, that one took a little bit. Knowing that like, it just you could just feel like that was it, that was the peak, of whatever. And then you had you know if that was the downfall of the team for the next couple of years, whatever. Green getting fired and stuff. So yeah, yeah. The, I thought the Eagles' loss, as bad as it was, I thought it was I thought it was the fourth worst one. So yeah, wow. Um, all right, so let's t- let's turn to this offense now. I think obviously the the biggest question on this offense is going to be the offensive line. The injuries are already piling up, uh, which is not helping anybody. Right now, the starting left guard uh, in the I think it's supposed to be Tom Compton, who's who's a local boy, which I always hate because like Minnesotans always love the locals so much that the teams always seem to like sign local kids like local guys more than they should. And this is true of I mean at least in hockey, there's a reason because Minnesotans are good at hockey. But the Timberwolves, the Twins, and the Vikings always have more locals than they should. And I always think like he's probably not as good, and because he's from Minnesota, like the team like boosted him up in terms of recruiting him. So I always get nervous when a guy's from Minnesota. And Tom Compton is like a 29 year old who, in his career, started 11 games. So it does not seem like an ideal uh, guy to be slotting in uh, uh, as a starting position for a team that thinks they're competing for the Super Bowl. And, and then, you know, hopefully the rest of this line is healthy. But again, you know, Remmers has already been hurt in, in training camp. So, you know, tell me what your feeling is of the offensive line. Not, not great, certainly. That um, I, I was, I was hoping that that some more attention would have been paid to it in the draft. Um, I, you know, obviously they got O'Neill, but I remember when they uh, selected Daniel Carlson. I think it was at like 175 or something. The kicker, yeah. Yeah, and I remember thinking like, you're telling me that there wasn't one offensive lineman here, one guy that could play multiple positions, or that Spielman didn't like. You're going to get a kicker, and like I said, we we just had a guy last year that nailed a 53 yard or whatever clip field goal. And you think that we need to go out and get a kicker more than we need, you know? Maybe. Oh wow! So so you are a big uh, Kai Forbath fan, apparently. Not a fan, but I just thought, I thought he, I thought he, he earned his. I thought he earned the 2018 job after what he did last year. For the for the one kick against the Saints. Yeah, and and, and Daniel Carlson, like, 
all due respect to him, but I mean, yeah, you nailed the 57 yarder. So did uh, the other the other kickers did last year, whatever. I can't remember. Did he need a 58 yarder in preseason, and then we never heard from him again? So the guy that was battling with Kai last year. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So the one problem with Kai Forbath was, uh, first of all, he was the uh, literally the worst extra point kicker in the NFL over the last couple of years, and I don't understand why. Right? How is an extra point any more difficult? It's a 38 yard field goal, um, with in theory less pressure, and so that was always frustrating that he was going to miss, you know, four or five extra points a game, um, a season. Excuse me. Um, you know, as a kicker on field goals, he was actually above average a little bit, but I, I never had the confidence in him. And also, it was clear that Zimmer did not because he also attempted far fewer, you know, from like the 50-plus range. Now, part of that is Zimmer likes to go for it, which I appreciate, yeah. frankly. I like the aggressive play calling. But there's there's clearly been circumstances where another team would kick a field goal and the Vikings don't because Zimmer doesn't trust him the way that, you know, uh, obviously like, like the Lions trust Matt Prater, for example, or something like that. Um, so I was not that I know anything about Daniel Carlson. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously we've seen rookie, you know, Blair Walsh came in as a rookie and was incredible for one year before he got the yips or whatever. And, and Greg, the legs are I think it was the rookie or the same year for the Rams was incredible. And then of course we've seen on the other extreme, like Robert Aguayo for the bucks who, you know, they traded up for him and he was a disaster. So, you know, who knows what Daniel Carlson will do. He's got a very Minnesota name, obviously Daniel Carlson, Yeah. but like, to me, it's like, at least, like, coming into the season, my biggest two concerns were going to be kicker and offensive line. And at least, for like, I'm no longer concerned about kicking. Now, again, Carlson misses one kick, and I'll be all, you know, pins and needles again. But to me, like, if, if they if they think this highly, they trade it up and everything, you know, they think he's an upgrade over Forbath. So, you know, if as long as Carlson doesn't miss three extra points in the in September, hopefully, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to spend more on the offensive line. I agree. Um, it's funny because last year they spent, I think they had the most expensive offensive line in the league. And this year, uh, they have one of, they've spent, I think they're like 29th in spending it on offensive line or something. So they have not spent a lot and they're really, uh, you know, they're, <laughs> they're I, I, they're really hoping the cousins can uh, get it done with, uh, with, with a less than average offensive line, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think a big part of it was too, they, they just took Joe Berger for granted for all these years and then he's finally gone and. They just didn't have like a backup plan. I, mean, I don't know if they thought he was going to come back again for the fire and come back to Walmart. Year. But that, that guy deserves a lot of credit too for playing with some real stinkers around him, whatever that, you know, the seasons that he put up. And, but now he's gone. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, I'm so nervous because when you have so many guys getting injured already in training camp, they just don't have the depth on this line. So you talked about Brian O'Neill. Uh, which is another guy that they drafted this year. If they're going to have to turn to these guys quickly because they're you know they're already uh, you know turning to guys like Compton who are starting and 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 the first time that Remmers gets injured again or or one of the tackles you know so there could be a lot of problems there. But hope you know let's turn to the defense for a second. You know returning you know what's been an elite defense for two or three years in a row. Uh, are there any holes in this defense that jump out at you? Uh, not really. Assuming everybody stays healthy, I like the D line. I like the linebackers. I like Gideon. They added Sheldon Richardson, who hopefully, you know, can bounce back to, you know, where he was just a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I still fear that he will be, this is just, we're kind of renting him for a year, and then next year he'll command the same, if not more, if he has a good year, and it should be. Well, I, but if he has a good year, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, so. but that that might be something, that, that's what I'm thinking, uh, looking ahead, that we might need to look for uh, next year's draft with another key tackle. Who, who should be starting at the corner opposite Xavier Rhodes? I mean, Trey Waynes has been a little disappointing, I think, the first couple of years of his career. Terrence Newman is, you know, older yeah. than us. Older than me. Older than you isn't as difficult, I guess, but he's older than me by a lot. So, um, I, I think Trey Waynes should be starting there. 
I think he will put forth a little bit extra effort this year because he's kind of playing for a new contract. That's I'm assuming that he won't be coming back here. That's just because of a money thing and because we just drafted the corner um, in Hughes. So I, I, w- I would put I would put Wayne's there and, and Jared Newman. I think we'll find maybe like some kind of different packages for him to go in. Maybe something like a three safety set or you know or just kind of an injury feeling whatever. Just like you know when guys are gassed whatever you can go. In. I don't think he'll be out there for for you know 50, 60 plays a game for sure. And then uh, McKenzie, I'm sure McKenzie will. Will 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 stick around. I don't think he'll be a surprise cut or anything, even though he's kind of underperformed. I, I thought for most of his career so far, but but yeah, I, I would definitely put Trey opposite Xavier. I think that's one of the most reliable tandems corners in the league. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Hughes, so the Vikings spent a first pick on on a on a DB again this year. Wayne's, you know, sort of sat on the bench for a couple of years now. Cornerbacks tend to not, you know, come into the league and star immediately the way like like running backs do, for example. So it wasn't that unusual to see Wayne start a little slow, but but you know, I think that most Vikings fans are a little disappointed where he where he is right now. But you know, so hopefully Hughes can be a little bit of a faster starter because you know ultimately, uh, you know, everybody loves Terrence Newman, but when a guy's forty years old, he he you know he he can't yeah, you can't rely on him yeah, to be last playing year, you know, a lot of snaps. A little bit of a step. Yeah. Although Daryl Green did it for Washington. So yeah. anything's possible. Uh, last question about sort of training camp stories. Uh, do you buy into this sort of Laquan Treadwell is about to break through finally this year? Any of that hype? God, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. What he catch last year? 20 balls. And I think it was one his rookie season. He's got a, yeah, that's his career high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, we've shuffled him in some different quarterbacks and you think that, you know, if he can't make it with cousins that he can't, make it with anybody as far as like establishing a report. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Thielen is a guy you throw anything at him and he catches it. Uh, and Diggs is just, you know, you can throw him, throw him a ball at the line of scrimmage and he'll find a way to make, you know, seven yards out of it. So, yeah, Treadwell, you got to, you know, he's got to figure out a way to, you know, get open in the red zone. Uh, you know, with Jarius Wright gone, maybe be, try to be that reliable third down guy, whatever, coming across the going across the middle and, you know, fighting for a couple extra yards because, yeah, so far he just has not found a spot anywhere. And, and I think he has the talent. And, I, I, yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the real story is why he hasn't been able to, you know, really show anything. But, I, yeah, I think this is it for him. Or else he's going to be – he's going to go the Troy Williamson route and, you know, be, be, be yeah. cut, you know, by some other team next year or, you know, just never even have a shot, you know. Even if he is a first There's talk that Kendall Wright, who they signed, who was actually the Bears' leading receiver last year, which says a lot about the Bears' offense in 2017. Yeah. There's talk he might not even make the team. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a cut. Um, yeah. Well, because a veteran like him, look, he's not going to play special teams or something. So if he's if he's not going to be the third receiver, he doesn't really add a lot of value. Yeah, it, and I think we do have some 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 young depth to. I mean, I don't know how many of these how many receivers they're going to keep on the roster, but um, oh, I'm not blanking on these names, but I know like uh, uh, Chad Beebe. Looked all right in the preseason, and then you've got like, um, oh god, I can't remember these names. Number sixteen, uh, he made a few catches today. Oh, Caleb, Caleb Jones. Jones. Yeah, these are some deep cuts. These are so you're you're going deep yeah, into the roster so, with these guys. Yeah, I, I don't know what the contract was, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Right, guy. All right, so if you had to predict, uh, this is another one of Keith's segments. Um, who will be the best? Non-first round pick of all the rookies this year for the for the Vikings. So to me, you know, all the eggs are in the Daniel Carlson basket. A kicker, obviously, the fifth round pick. But uh, um, who would it be for you? 
yeah, I, I really, yeah, I'm just gonna say Daniel Carlson. I think I, I think there's there's an advantage to that of being a rookie as where you you know like you're playing every kick you're basically playing for your employment you know as if it's next year or whatever. And I think he he seemed you know he seemed confident like he hasn't been shaken, and uh, and he certainly got a better leg than uh, Kai, Kai does. So that's that's my pick. I, I think. Well, you said non-first rounder. I don't think Hughes will make that big of a splash. And then, um, yeah, and I'm not really, like, sold on anybody else. I think they'll kind of be slow burners as far as their development goes. And I think that's kind of how Spielman does it. He gets some of these guys that fall a few spots maybe because they had, like, maybe they were injured their their junior or senior season or maybe they, um, you know, if it was a defender, like, maybe they, they played under a different scheme and suffered for it and that dropped the, dropped the draft stock, but... But I, yeah, I think, I think uh, Carlson. I think he'll be all right this year. Just, I mean, he certainly he banged a couple of kickoffs so far today, so I'm confident in him. Yeah, I mean, look, if somebody's a, st- a kicker as a rookie, it's probably the highest profile, unless you know you're a quarterback. It's it's a very high profile place to either uh, succeed or fail miserably. So uh, if he's not their most successful non first round uh, pick this year, then that means something has gone very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, we're going to jump into the 2018 schedule now. I'm going to ask you to just uh, throw out a W or an L for each game. I'm not tying to you, you to this, but we're just trying to see you know where you're at for a for a record prediction for the Vikings as of uh, August 18th. So, uh, week one, open season at home against San Francisco. They've been playing San Francisco a lot early in the year, but at least this time it's at home. I'm like, yeah, So is that a win or a loss at home against uh, Jimmy G and the overhyped 49ers? I'm going to call that one a win. I think, uh, like I said earlier. Um, I think Cousins, I think he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game where maybe he has like two picks or something or just kind of looks off at, and I'm sure that'll be like front page material, whatever for Monday, you know, if he, if he, if he completes like 55% of his passes or something, but I think we'll, we'll pull that one out because Jimmy G, you know, he's only got what, six games under his belt in San Francisco. I think, I think we'll win it. I think it'll be close, but I think we'll win it. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about Favre starting slow in 2009. So if I recall, week one, they destroyed the Browns and Adrian Peterson had like, you know, 180 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. And so Favre did nothing, but he didn't really need to do anything. He had like a little dump off, like a five or touchdown pass or something. And then uh, week two that season, again, Favre had like, I think like less than 150 yards. And, you know, again, they were riding Peterson and people were already whispering, oh, you know, Favre is 39 years old and he was injured for the Jets and he's done. And, you know, what is this team doing? And then, of course, week three was the original Minneapolis miracle. Um, you know, when he had that, 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 that touchdown yeah. pass to win it, uh, against the 49ers to Greg Lewis. And then from then it was pretty clear that Favre was back. And so Favre started slow, but the team also started six and zero. So, you know, <laughs> if, if, if cousins could start slow, but the Vikings are piling up wins, I won't complain, obviously. Uh, but week two, it gets a little bit more difficult. They go at green Bay and we ought to assume Aaron Rodgers is still playing in <laughs> yeah. at least. So win or loss at green Bay. Yeah. As, as hard as it is as a Vikings fan, I, Almost every season, you have to kind of you just have to pencil in at Lambeau as a loss because you just you look at yeah. I mean every every elite team in the league that the Vikings are playing this year. Um, obviously, obviously the Packers are a divisional teams so they'll play them home and away. But but other than the Saints, every one of these elite teams are playing on the road, and there's a couple of those coming up. Uh, week three, they get uh, probably their easiest game of the year. They come home to face the Bills. I don't know who that you know if it's it's if <laughs> if it's Josh Allen at that point or probably not that early in the season, but. That's a, that that that's got to yeah, be a win, right? I hope so. That's uh that's one game I have tickets to this year. Okay, if that's so not a win, we got bigger problems. All right, so now they're two and one, 
And again, now things get very difficult. A uh, week four on short rest on a Thursday night on three days rest, we're going at Los Angeles to face the Rams. Yeah, I forgot that one was on a Thursday night. Yeah, I, I guess you'd have to call that one a loss. If it was a Sunday noon game, I, I think it would be up in the air. But yeah, that's a that's a short week. You got to travel. Yeah, yeah. The Thursday night game is always favorite the home team. All right, so now you're two and two with a couple of tough road losses, and then week five we go back to Philadelphia. So we played Acre Bay at the Rams and at Philly, and you know we're, we're barely into October. I think the Vikings are going to win that one. Oh yeah, wow, it's, confidence there. <laughs> it's, it's um, you know, so they'll have ten days rest, whatever, after the Rams. And yeah, that's true. I just yeah, I, I, I who knows? I don't even know what the current situation is with the uh, uh, Philly QBs, but. I think they're going to have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, at least for the first part of the season. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to win that one. I think I think it's going to be, I think it'll be low scoring. Uh, I don't think they're going to put up 38 points. Uh, I could definitely see something like a 17-14 like a or 20-17. But I, I think I think the Vikings are going to win that one. All right, so if the Vikings can come out of that stretch three and two, they can't complain because, again, those are three very difficult road games. I sort of assume they'll be two and three at that point, and then everybody's going to say, oh, what's wrong with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and all the, you know, and then I think they'll turn off fine because the schedule gets much easier yeah. uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the season. Uh, w- so week six, they're home against the Cardinals. That's, you got to call it one win. All right, so the four and two now. Then they go to face the Jets. I think I'm going to be at that game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's got to be a win. I mean, I know it's on the road. Yeah, but... all right, so five and two for you. And then they come home Sunday night, a rematch against the Saints. For the Saints, it's back to the scene of the crime. Yeah, but oh, that's yeah. I th- I think they can pull it off though. All right, so six and two, and then they face the Lions at home in uh, week nine, right before their bye. Yeah, that one's got to be a win. We got to we got to win. All right, so seven and two, we come into the bye, feeling pretty good. A five game winning streak, working on, including uh, you know, which starts with a win in Philadelphia and also a win against the Saints. Two weeks rest, we go to Chicago to face uh, Mitchell Trubisky and the, the, the uh, resurgent Paris. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call that one a loss. It's Soldier Field. Oh wow! It's so you're but you're on the Trubisky. Off the bye. I think I, I think we're going to be a, a little a little rusty coming off the bye. I don't think that Trubisky will will personally like just run rampant on us, but I could see that being a game yeah. where the All right, so Zimmer doesn't have like the Andy Reid magic with like the wins every year before and after. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, so seven and three, and then on Sunday Night Football again. Um, for the rematch with the Packers at home. Yeah, this that's got to be a win. I, okay, yeah, so 8-3, yeah. we split with the Packers. And then the next week, um, you know, the late game on Fox, so this one will also be sort of, you know, 90% of the country watching possible Super Bowl preview. Who knows? Uh, Vikings at New England. Yeah, it, it, unless Tom Brady decides to hang it up at the bye week. I don't, I don't, I don't see how we win that one. That, that one's got to be a loss. Okay, so they dropped eight in four. Uh, with four road losses so far. So I think they're only two and four on the road for you so far. And then they go at Seattle on a Monday nighter, which I think is their only Monday nighter of the year. They have, you know, they have a Thursday and a bunch of Sunday nighters, but this is the only Monday night of the year. Monday, December 10th at Seattle. I think that one's a win. Yeah. See, uh, playing at Seattle is not what it meant, you know, for most of the last five years. All right. So nine and four. And then, um, you know, pretty soft end of the schedule. They uh, face Miami at home in week 15. Yeah, that, that's got to be. Ten and four. They go at Detroit. Can we sweep the Lions? I think so. All right, I eleven and four, and then at home for the Bears. Got to get revenge after losing at Chicago in November. Yeah, I think that one will just kind of be a mop up game. That's got to be a win. Okay, all right. So you have the Vikings at twelve and four. I assume does that win the division, or I mean, are the Packers also twelve and four? No, I think the Packers. I, I don't see them winning more than eleven games. I, yeah. I'm all sure right. Rogers loves you, but 
not 12. So, so let me ask you this question. So 12 and four, what, what, what is like for you, what would be not a disappointing 2018 season? So for example, if the Vikings, you know, lose in the NFC title game again, would you say it was a successful season or an unsuccessful season? I always thought the moment that we signed Cousins, now that we have all these guys locked up for two years, that we've got to have at least one Super Bowl appearance in order for it not to be a complete failure. Because, I mean, how can yep. you not... Something that has not happened in our lifetimes, yours or mine. Yep. So you, yeah. You've got to... 0-5 in NFC Championship games. Yeah. You don't remember the Darren Nelson game, but... <laughs> no. Sure, you're aware of it. Maybe I'll put a highlight yeah. of it on one day. Yeah. <laughs> I told you before we came on... I've made like a whole list of my like my funky Dunkelman request videos. <laughs> oh yeah, the like the top games, uh, like the games that I would most love to see that you don't have. Um, so I don't think you have, and, and I could be wrong because you know you've put a lot of videos on YouTube. Do you have the game from '92 that when they came back t- down twenty nothing in the fourth quarter to beat Jim Harbaugh and Mike Dick and the Bears? No, I do not. All right, do you, are one. you familiar with that game, or it's a little before your time? I don't think I've ever seen like a uh, video footage. But yeah, I know of it. That's one been on my short list yeah so yeah so the vikings were losing 20 to nothing to the bears and 92 was you know dennis green's first year their revival they go 11 to 5 make the playoffs and you know i bet i was uh nine years old at the time and i'd watch in the basement uh, on the tv with my dad or you know crappy little tv back then since 1992 and he actually left in the fourth quarter and he's like yeah they lost this game and he leaves they're down 20 to nothing and they make the crazy comeback and dick and harbaugh got in a fight in the sideline and my dad runs down when it's 20 to 14 so that was great um, so that's like uh, one that I definitely think you should work on. I also don't think you have the week five in 98. Randy Moss is coming out uh, party on Monday night against the Packers. Do you have that one? No, I never, I have that game, but I've never turned it into a highlight game. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like a must, like, you know, that was like, so and I, and again, this might be before your time, but do you remember Scotty Farrell? He was like a late night guy. Uh, no, not ringing a bell. So Scotty Farrell used to have, the, and Akiva and I have talked about this, he used to have a late night national radio show. And I, in 1998, I would have been, um, what was I? I was 15 years old. I called into his show, and the Vikings were 4-0, the Packers were 4-0, the Vikings have this you know amazing rookie, Randy Moss. And I called him and I said, um, what are the Vikings going to do this week? I got on the air. I'm like, what are the Vikings going to do this week in Green Bay? And he says, lay an egg. And he hung up on me. <laughs> and then, of course, the Vikings the Vikings were up 37-10 to 10 in that game. Um, I think Brett Favre's uh, streak of touchdowns in a game ended or something like that. Randy Moss had 190 yards and two touchdowns. So that, like, the, the highest profile games that season for the Vikings were that game and then the Thanksgiving game in Dallas where Randy Moss had three catches and they were all for 50-plus-yard touchdowns. Um, yeah, so I, I would I would do that one also. That's probably uh, that's probably the, the, the other big one from uh, the 90s. So um, if you want to torture me, the Nate Poole game. <laughs> oh, thankfully I don't have that one. So I can't. Yeah. I, you, know, you don't really have a lot of games the Vikings lose, do you? No, most of them when I when I yeah when I try yeah. to seek out ones I go more for wins. Yeah, and then the only other regular season game that jumps out to me that I don't think you have is is Adrian Peterson when he set the record against uh, Ladainian Tomlinson and the Chargers the the single game record of two ninety six. Uh, no, I didn't really do that year. one. Um, I believe the NFL has posted they might have a video or two on there that kind of like shows like all the big runs from the game. Uh, yeah, that I mean. All right. I mean, listen, if anybody's new to you, they have so many videos to catch up to that, you know, they, they will have, a, especially as a Vikings fan, that, you know, they won't have any shortage of things to see. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, it's also, yeah, it also kind of a thing so. of that, um, that, like, everybody knows that game. And, like, I'm trying to, like, find the ones where, like, the... Oh, you're trying to find the deep cuts. Yeah, I see. Ah, ones okay, where, got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the last second before we let you go. Uh, so we have a, um, we have a listener from New Zealand who's new to football, and he's asking uh, every single team that we're previewing this year, asking... Uh, 
Why should a new football fan from New Zealand looking to adopt the team? Why should he adopt, or, or maybe you think he shouldn't adopt the Vikings as the team he's going to support? Oh, geez. Um, well, I know, I know for a fact. I believe there was some, there was some poll one time that like the Vikings were the most popular team in Canada, and then, <laughs> yeah, I don't. So Sam, is it New Zealand kind of like Canada? That's the argument. Well, I'm just saying, and then I'm, and then I think I saw something once too that said that like we were in like, the top three for like uh, teams in England when they like pulled fans there because we've got a couple games there. So okay, so New Zealand was once part of the Commonwealth. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know anything specific to New Zealand. We have yet to like sign some like New Zealander defensive tackle that would get cut after a year or something. But yeah. we've had Australian punters like Darren Bennett, but you know nobody from New Zealand yet. Yeah, I mean. We're not the Browns. We're not the Lions. I can't. I can't really say what we are. I just can't say what we aren't. So. Yeah, I think. Look, the argument would be this. You know, if you want to have your heart broken, and I don't know why you join, a, uh, start supporting a team to have your heart broken, then the Vikings are a good option. But like the Vikings, like different than the Lions and the Browns, some teams you just mentioned. Like the Vikings are always in it. The Vikings have made the playoffs more uh, since you know since they joined the league in 1960 than any team I think except for one, except for the 49ers. So they're always in the playoffs. They're always yes. competing. They'll always break your heart. But they're always going to be relevant. Yeah, right? you're not going to have a stretch of like five straight years out of the playoffs. I mean, the Vikings have never had that in their yeah, history. That's, so I've seen that. So that's one that argument. That is an argument for some people. Like even like after the the Eagles lost, where they're like, I'd rather be a Browns fan. At least they don't get their hopes up. Like why why yeah, would you even dumb. think that? It's I would rather have yeah. hope from September through whatever January, and then get your you know at least you got something rather than you know being a Browns fan and being on your 38th quarterback in the last five years, whatever. Like what? Yeah. What? So you just want to be miserable all the time. Yeah, no, you're I, I hate the people who like have this, especially in like the NBA, who people say, if you're not competing for a title this year, you should be like, you know, you should completely bottom out. Like, that's not how sports work. You sports is supposed to be something that gives you distraction from your life and enjoyment for, you know, several months every year. Yeah. And if your team is just automatically out of it, it's just like, yeah, what's the joy in that? So yeah, the Vikings will will keep you interested from September through December, and then they'll break your heart in January. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday February. Or maybe Sam would become like you, who your first year as a Vikings fan was 98, and you like jumped on and, oh, oh, look at this. I joined just in time. They're going to win a title. Setting all these records, greatest offense of all time. And I remember being <laughs> tired of watching them win so much. That's I <laughs> like, tired of This wins. is boring. They just win every week. Oh, what's the joy in this? What's yeah. the great <laughs> All right, so they found a way to, <laughs> to – you, know you know what actually reminds me of? So Chuck Knobloch, his rookie year in 91 was for the Twins, and, of course, the Twins you know won the World Series that year. And then he got better and better. And in the mid-90s, he was like a superstar for this completely garbage team that, you know, was borderline contracted. And he demands a trade. And I actually remember thinking at the time, like, maybe he got spoiled. Because they won the World Series his first year, he expected it was always going to be like this. And so he demanded a trade, and he gets sent to the Yankees, where, you know, they go to the World Series every year. But, you know, he was hated there, and he lost the ability to throw, and he ended up in left field. And So, yeah, so Sam, maybe he joins, he becomes a Vikings fan this year. They win the Super Bowl. For all of us, it's the greatest day of our lives. Sam just thinks it's going to happen every year. And then he'll have years and years of misery, and then he'll like have to email a podcast in 2033 and say, hey, listen, I've been a football fan for 15 years, but I need a new team to support. Yeah. So, one, who knows? One Super Bowl is better than none. <laughs> that is definitely true. Yeah, they win one Super Bowl. I'll be good for, you know, my dad hasn't seen one in his lifetime. No Vikings fan has. So, yeah, yeah I, they take one. The trade I would gladly have. I would trade where they can win the Super Bowl this year, and I'll take a good 15 years of, of three and 13 seasons. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, how's, how's Millie doing? We haven't heard a lot about oh, her no. since January. I hope she's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us again. Ryan is uh, on YouTube as Funky Dunkelman. Even if you're not a Vikings fan, if you care about football, search Funky Dunkelman on YouTube. You will find a lot of great videos. Uh, you know, Again, if, if you like individual players, you'll see a lot of great videos about that. He has just amazing videos. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything else to plug for us today? 
No, not really. I'll keep making videos. Uh, I will say too. Um, I know like a lot of people they'll they'll, they'll mess up the spelling of my funky gentleman. All you really have to do is just type in like Vikings highlights or the Vikings nineteen ninety eight. Like, and it, they'll usually show up pretty early. So. Yeah, you'll find one of his. Yeah, so it's funky. I mean, if you can't spell funky, then well, maybe you're a listener to this podcast. <laughs> and Dunkelman is is Dunk and then L E M A N. So Dunkelman. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, I think if you if you Google it, hopefully uh, Google will correct it for you. But yeah, so Funky Dunkelman, one word on YouTube. Uh, you know, check out those videos, and uh, let's get those views. Uh, you know, from the thousands into the millions, I guess. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good luck to your team uh, this season. I don't say that to all our, our guests, but I obviously do to this guest. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh... And who knows? Maybe they have a great season. We bring you back to preview one of their oh, playoff games. Yeah. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Lots of stuff to talk about. All right. Okay, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night. All right. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.